I don't think I'm exaggerating. I don't think I'm overstating things when I suggest this morning that each and every one of you here today, every single one of us, is carrying a burden. Some of you are carrying several burdens. Now granted, the burdens of some are heavier than the burdens of others. But I think it's important that we admit right off the top that none of us are exempt from suffering. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. And trouble has come to us. We have experienced this. Many of us are burdened by our many responsibilities. For some, it might be responsibilities related to the management of your home, responsibilities related to your studies and school, responsibilities related to your workplace, either as an employee or as a business owner, or even your duties as a leader in, in the community, maybe even your duties as a leader in this church. Our responsibilities can sometimes become for us a heavy burden to bear. Or perhaps it's not any one thing in particular. But perhaps it's the sum of your responsibilities. Perhaps it's the accumulation of all those things that are on your plate. And when they're all piled on, then you feel the burdens of life weighing you down. Now I wonder if you will agree with me with this next statement. It's not always the responsibilities themselves that are so difficult. It's not always the responsibilities themselves, but rather sometimes the toughest part are the expectations that others place on us. The expectations that others have of us related to our responsibilities. And it is those expectations that wear us down. Now for some of us there are challenging variables in play. And these challenging variables make it difficult to wade our way through the burdens we bear or the responsibilities that we have. Some of you are experiencing great financial pressure and so it's your limited resources that hinder you from accomplishing everything that you want to. Some of you are battling very serious health issues. You have physical limitations today that you didn't always have. Some of you are struggling in a relationship that's very, very important to you. And your struggles in that relationship are emotionally compromising you. And you're struggling to bear all the burdens of everyday life. And friends, as I list these off, I realize I've just given you samples. This is just scratching the surface of what you might be experienced today. I haven't even begun to name our moral obligations. Or our spiritual obligations to God. Yes, the God of this universe has expectations for you. The God of this universe has a particular design for your life. As we noted in previous Sundays in our study of the Sermon on the Mount, 
There are certain marks, there are certain characteristics that should describe, that should be present in the life of every follower of Jesus Christ. We've said it before that the journey towards Christ-likeness requires serious effort on our part. I've never met a person who drifted towards Christ-likeness. I've never met someone who woke up in the morning and said, Wow, I feel way more Christ-like than I did yesterday. Pursuing Christ-likeness is very serious work. As a result, there may be times when you're reading your Bible, times when you're listening to a sermon, and you think to yourself, I can't do this. I can't do what this preacher is suggesting. I can't do what the Bible tells me I need to do. My plate is full already. I can't add any more. The burden's already too heavy. It's more than I can carry. Dear friends, I want you to know this morning beyond a shadow of a doubt. Jesus cares immensely about what you are carrying. Jesus cares immensely about the burdens that weigh you down. Jesus does not want you to be burdened by the demands of life. He does not even want you to be burdened by your moral and spiritual obligations. Did you know that Jesus actually rebuked the religious leaders of his day for laying too heavy of a moral burden on the people? We read this in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, where Jesus says some very unkind things to the religious leaders. He says, woe to you, experts of the law. Woe to you, preachers. Woe to you because you load people down with burdens that they can hardly carry. And you yourselves will not lift one finger to help them. It appears there's a way for religion to weigh you down. If you've ever wondered why churches aren't more full, if you've ever wondered why some churches are mostly empty, I wonder if it might be partly because religion has a way to wear you down. There is a way to carry on as a Christian that can exhaust you. There's a way to carry on as a Christian that can wear you out. And none of us are immune. Frankly, there have been occasions when I've asked myself the question, Am I in over my head? Have I taken on too much? Am I even capable of doing the things that people expect me to do? Honestly, it wasn't more than a few days ago when I had a conversation with God. And the conversation with God went something like this. Lord, I don't think I can do everything that I'm supposed to do. I don't think I can meet all of the obligations that I volunteered for. I don't think I'm capable of doing everything that I need to do. Would you believe me if I told you this morning that God answered me very clearly that day? That I received a very clear answer to my plea. 
No, God did not speak to me audibly. I did not hear the sound of His voice. But He did speak to me very clearly. And I want to share with you, word for word, what I heard from the Lord that day. This is what He said to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Friends, what Jesus promises here is the best kind of news for those who are weary. For those who are exhausted. For those who are feeling worn out. Jesus is saying rest is available. Relief is at hand. And yet we must take careful note that there remains something for the follower of Christ to do. It does not appear that the rest that is available is automatically given to us. Even to the weary, even to the heavenly, heavily burdened, Jesus gives us three imperatives. He gives us three things to do. Come, take, learn. Come, take, and learn. And that first imperative has a familiar ring to it. Come to me. Come to me is the invitation from Jesus. This is quite simply how a person becomes a Christian. We come to Jesus Christ. As the hymn well puts it, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. I come. I think that most Christians understand that this is the way the Christian life begins. My fear, however, is that we don't realize the importance of coming to Jesus as a part of our daily rhythm. I wouldn't want you to ever think that coming to Jesus is a once in a lifetime event. Coming to Jesus must be a daily event. Your strength and your spiritual health depend on daily coming to Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, we spent some time on this subject, thinking through the implications of John 15 and the call of Jesus to constantly what? To constantly abide in Him. Jesus explained how we could only bear good fruit... So long as we were connected to Him. Similarly, it appears that the renewal of our strength, the refreshment of your spirit, is what you will receive when you come to Jesus. So if you're sitting here this morning a bit tired, burdened, feeling worn out, there's something you can do. You can come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we said last Sunday, the primary way in which we come to Jesus is through prayer. 
If I could only have you do one Christian exercise, it would be pray. It is the primary way we come to Jesus. By faith in Jesus, by faith in His promises, we prayerfully approach the One who bids us, Come to Me. So what happens when we come? The text says, Jesus gives us rest. Now read ahead in verse 29, Jesus says we will find rest. But that statement is qualified, of course, by the statement that comes before. The reason we find rest is because rest has been given to us. What does that mean? It means Jesus does not lead us through some maze. And at the end of our meandering through this maze, at the end we find rest. No. Spiritual refreshment is not a kind of reward for unlocking a divine puzzle. No. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's the first imperative. Come to Jesus. The second imperative is take. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Well, think this through. Think through who he's talking to. He's, he's talking to people who are worn out. He's talking to people who are exhausted. And what does Jesus say? He says, here, take this yoke. And the yoke, of course, is an instrument associated with hard labor. It's a counterintuitive thing that he's asking here. Why would a weary person, why would an exhausted person, why would a burdened person ever want to place upon themselves a yoke? We do this because it's Jesus' yoke. It's not our yoke. It's not the world's yoke. It's not the yoke that my preacher put on me. It's Jesus' yoke. Charles Spurgeon explains it this way. He says, Jesus is not promising rest from labor. He is promising rest in labor. And there's a big difference. Because most of us, we want, we want to get out of trouble. We want freedom from trouble. We want freedom from labor. But Jesus doesn't promise that. He doesn't promise you rest from labor. He promises you rest in labor. In other words, Jesus is not offering you a vacation from your burdens. But He is offering His strength to help you carry your burdens. I don't know about you, but that's good enough for me. If he's not going to take away my trouble, will you help me carry it? Will you walk with me? Will you carry it for me? Jesus says yes. Now let me see if I can illustrate this. And I hope this is helpful. Just a few of you, I think, have met my brother-in-law, Ali's brother. His name is Matt, and he is a former hockey player. And what you need to know about Ali's brother, Matt, is he is absolutely enormous. I mean, he is six foot three, upwards of 250 pounds, and he's, he's not chunky or anything. He's just got muscles coming out of his muscles. He is a big dude. 
And it was, by the way, as a side note, it was always a bit unnerving for me when I was dating Allie because Matt is actually the younger brother. And I thought, i got to be careful because if, if this young lady's little brother lays a beating to me, it's not going to look good. But he is just a strong man. And this came in very handy on the couple of times when we were living in Toronto and we needed furniture moved. You know, we needed a big dining room table moved, or we needed a cabinet moved, or we needed a sofa moved. We could always count on Big Matt to come lend a hand. Now, I was always amused by, by this exercise, because it didn't matter what we were carrying. It didn't matter if we were going upstairs or downstairs. It didn't matter how heavy the object. When I was carrying things with Matt, it was like I was barely doing anything. I don't even know, I don't understand the physics of what was going on, but I would just be holding the one end of whatever it was, and it was easy. Moving heavy things is easy when Matt is on the other end. Matt's strength made heavy furniture seem light. So why do I give you that illustration? I give you that illustration again, understanding that many of you are carrying very heavy burdens. As I look out here today, I know some of the burdens you carry, but I surely don't know all of the burdens you carry. But what I do know is that some of you are under some very serious, heavy burdens today. And I cannot promise you from this pulpit that Jesus will take away your burden. Because he doesn't say that. Jesus does not promise to take away your burden. But on the authority of God's word, I can make to you this morning this promise. Jesus' presence and Jesus' strength can make heavy things seem light. The strength of Jesus in your life can make the heavy things seem lighter. That's what it means to take the yoke of Jesus upon you. The third imperative is connected to the second. The third imperative is learn. And it's connected to the second. Our context for learning is the yoke that we were supposed to take upon ourselves. Take my yoke upon you, Jesus says, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. I find this imagery to be helpful. Conceivably, Jesus could simply lift all the burdens off. He could carry the burdens on our behalf. But that's not the imagery that the text gives us. Now, and I don't have first-hand knowledge of what I'm about to describe, but I understand that it's really the case. I've been led to understand that oxen don't naturally like to work together. Oxen don't naturally like to work together. I'm told that oxen need to be trained in order to march in step with one another. And the yoke is the instrument that facilitates this because it binds them together, it draws them close, and forces them in a manner to walk in step. The common strategy, so I'm told, is you pair up an older ox with a younger ox. Because sometimes the younger ox can't bear the heavy load. So they match up the younger, weaker ox with an older, stronger ox. 
And the younger ox, with the help of the older, is able to bear the load. Not only does it help the younger ox from being exhausted by the heavy load, but the older one also trains it in terms of where to go, what direction to go, and at what speed to march in. So it appears by the imagery of Jesus that we need something more than lightened burdens. We need something more than just a load taken off our shoulders. It appears we also need some direction. Like a junior ox, we're prone to expend a lot of energy going in the wrong direction. Now again, I don't know enough of you well to state this, to state this as a matter of fact. But I wonder... If we thought of our own life, are we expending a lot of energy going in the wrong direction? I don't mean to say we're going in a terrible direction. We're, not, we're just not going in the direction that Jesus would take us. Are some of us spending a lot of energy going in our own way? But if we become yoked to Jesus... If we learn from Jesus, He will teach us a better way to go. And then the result of this, the result of coming to Jesus, the outcome of taking His yoke upon us, the outcome of learning from Jesus, is we will find what? Rest for our souls. Always happens at least once a sermon. I pray whoever needs that will have rest for their souls. The yoke of the Pharisees did not give anyone rest. The yoke of the Pharisees was a work-centered yoke. It was a work-centered religion. And the yoke of the Pharisees was oppressive. The yoke of the Pharisees was anxiety-producing. It was anxiety producing because at any point, if we think that getting into heaven depends upon our performance, then this is what's going to happen. You're going to have this nagging thought that you haven't done enough. Now let me say this again because some of you are thinking... Some of you are wondering that the basis of God accepting me, the basis of getting into heaven when I die, is by how well I performed when I was on this earth. And if you think that, you're going to have this nagging feeling in the pit of your stomach. I haven't done enough. Or I've done too many bad things. That's the yoke of the Pharisees. The yoke of Jesus, by contrast, is an easy yoke. Why? Because Jesus does the work. Jesus meets the standard on our behalf. And that's why the follower of Christ has the opportunity to go to bed at night with their soul at rest. We can go to bed at night with a restful spirit, not because we have done enough, but we go to bed with a restful spirit because He has done enough. And on the basis of what He's done, I can have rest in my soul. I am absolutely certain that every single person in this room 
is carrying a burden. Some of you are carrying several burdens. These burdens are heavy. They are weighing you down. And they are wearing you out. It doesn't have to be this way. Heaven's great burden lifter stands nearby. Can you imagine how ridiculous it would be if on moving day, Ali's little brother, the big little brother, was standing nearby? No, I've got the sofa all by myself. No problem. No, you don't. Look at you, McPhail. You're a weakling. That's a big flight of stairs. You can't do it. Matt's right there. Get some help. You would think it was ridiculous that I would try to move heavy things without Matt's help. Friends, I don't want you to lift heavy burdens without Jesus' help. He's right here. He's at hand. And it's ridiculous to think that any of us would try to do this thing called life on our own. Heaven's burden lifter is here. What's required is that you go to Him. That you take His yoke upon you. That you learn from Him. He promises to help you. He promises to give you rest for your souls. Go to Jesus and find rest. Amen.